I'm not giving up. This is my town. I live here and I'm going to die here. All right, first off, just uh, state your name and job title. Fred Redfern, uh, Marin Village of Crooksville, uh, until 12 o'clock midnight, oh. December 31st <laughs> tonight. All right. Um, when did you first want to become mayor and why? Well, uh, initially, I, I had no intent to be the mayor. I wanted to... Uh, serve on council because I think you have a better say in activities mm -hmm. and the mayor has uh, different responsibilities than the village council mm -hmm. so uh, my intent was not to however I had enough public support at the time I said yeah I'll, I'll go ahead and run so I run for council I mean the mayor mm -hmm. yeah, I was elected the mayor had you ever run before then for mayor? Mm -hmm. No. Have you no. on council? Yes. Yeah. You had been on council before? Oh yes. Yeah. Have you been on council before? Yes. I was on uh, council from 1976 to 1980, hmm. and then uh, I was elected in 2008 until uh, my term for uh, count or mayor. mayor. Yeah. Hmm. So, I've always been active in the community. Tried to be. Yeah. So. What experience did you have prior to becoming mayor that helped you once you had become mayor? Well, serving on village council surely helps out, you know. Uh, you get the feel for how government is, and government's slow, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, I'm not used to slow, so it took me a while to slow down, and, and it just gets to be aggravating when you see there's so much to do and you want plan ahead to try to have things, you know, um, plan ahead. Mm -hmm. And because things run so slow, you get a little frustrated until you catch on. Right. Looking back, what are some strengths and weakness, weaknesses throughout your last four years? Well, uh, strengths, um, one of my biggest strength is uh, communication with other agencies and trying to develop those um, lines of communication for grants mm -hmm. to see how other villages operate and to see what changes we can make here in Crooksville mm -hmm. that will help down the road to improve the quality of life for everyone in town. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that, that took a while to uh, but making those connections really helps, and you have that resource that you can draw off of if you come up with any issues that we've never experienced before. I can go back to my contacts, and a good example is the Mayor's Partnership for Progress. Mm -hmm. That's a group of mayors from 13 counties in southeastern Ohio. We meet once a month down in Athens at the, uh, Ohio University. Mm -hmm. And it includes mayors from cities and villages. Uh, there's also village administrators there. Some uh, presidents of council show up. And then the other uh, government agencies send their, um, their um, the people that like, um, I forget, oh, I can't think of the, the right term for the people, but mm -hmm. there are people that will relay back to them um, what comes out of the meetings. So the, so the state government and the federal government and all the local um, villages and cities in southeastern Ohio, all the agencies come together, including funding agencies from the state and, you know, the federal government, and they have those uh, liaisons there, mm -hmm. that's the word. So, and then They'll take your notes and they'll get back to you. And someone normally in that meeting has experienced one of the problems that you've had. Okay. You know? So that connects them with all those resources. You know, that's just one. I mean, I can go to a lot of other ones, you know. Mm -hmm. um, having a good relationship with the county commissioners is always important. Um, and the county engineer is important. 
to, to establish good communication with them. So when you need assistance, you know you can draw, who to draw from for you know to get the right answers and what way to proceed. Uh, Buckeye Hills uh, Regional Council down in Marietta helps out a lot. They're a funding agency and a resource. So as a Meadow High Planning uh, uh, Morpsey, Meadow High Planning uh, corp Corporation, or you know, they help uh, with funding also. Good resource. Just you know, it's those resources, mm -hmm. and uh, it takes a while to establish you know that. Um, and a lot of meetings, but you listen, you make notes, you come back, you know, and have a discussion with the council and the village administrator saying, here's what I found out, you know, which way do we want to go on this if we choose to, you know. Right. It's worked out pretty good. What are some weaknesses that you discovered? What do you wish you were better at? Well, I wish I was better at dealing with the police department. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I'm having uh, issues and and property maintenance is a constant battle trying to you know keep the properties clean in town mm -hmm. and junk and abandoned vehicles. Um, you know, who's going to come into town? You know, if you look around the properties and your neighbors and look how. You know, they're not kept tidy. You keep your property tidy, and your neighbor doesn't. So, you know, people look at that. Mm -hmm. And I'll give an example. Um, some of the, uh, one of the uh, local businesses, the president had a new president. I talked to him. I said, well, what made you come to Crooksville? He said, well, I'm not living in Crooksville. I said, really? He said, no. He says, I'm living outside of Crooksville. And I said, why is that? He said, well, I really wasn't too pleased with the way that the town looked. I said, well, you t tell me how I can make it better. He says, you need property maintenance. So that's one of my feelings. It's a constant thing, and, you know, and I've been on the property maintenance kick, and everyone will tell you if you listen to the council meetings and stuff throughout the year, you know. But I have succeeded in... Uh, getting uh, four to five houses and four or five mobile homes on the list to be removed, but that's going to be next year. I won't be the mayor anymore. Mm -hmm. um, so it's one of those things that just happens. So, you know, um, I'd like to see it. Um, now, I don't want to be taken the wrong way. I got good police officers. Mm -hmm. But I got some that's lacking, you know. And so the leadership sometimes reflects in, you know, how things go, how things go, and how things happen. So. So we'd say one of your greater weaknesses would be communication with the police department mm -hmm. and your effectiveness. My effectiveness, yeah. I've, I've kind of failed in that, you know. But um, I want. People expect, if they call the police department or call the mayor's office with a complaint, they expect action. Mm -hmm. If I pass that on, which I do, the police department and the property maintenance compliance officer, I expect them to get things done. Okay? Mm -hmm. And I have records I've kept in the four years where we have repeat offenders, repeat offenders, repeat offenders. Okay? Mm -hmm. Same thing. How come we don't bring them into court? Okay. Mm -hmm. How come things aren't, you know, if we had a stronger police force and property maintenance, you know, we would have a little bit better town, I believe. Mm -hmm. Now, we have cleaned up some properties. Uh, granted, there have been some, you know, okay. But there's a lot more to do. Right. All right. And just like junk and abandoned vehicles. All right. That's another big issue I have. And, but the problem is, for a junk or abandoned vehicle, the law says they have to meet five requirements before you can have them removed from a property. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, not all, sometimes you have, you have, most of the time you have four out of the five. Right. And now, you're, you know, that property, it sits there, that junk or abandoned vehicle, you know. 
And um, and the other thing that's kind of a pet peeve of mine is trailers being parked on the street. Mm-hmm. You drive around town, we have three trailers parked on the street as of last week. Okay. One's carrying a pontoon boat and another the other two uh, were empty. So now, is that a is that a legal issue or is this just a peeve? I think it's just a peeve. But you know, who drives around say, look, they got a big pontoon park right in the street. Mm-hmm. Won't they put it in their backyard? Won't they put it in storage? I mean, it it just doesn't make things look good for anyone traveling in town. Two people could be more considerate in that regard. They could be more considerate, yeah. Yeah. Okay. What do you like about being mayor? I like uh, helping people. I like, that's the main thing. I like to help the people, you know, and make our town better than it was when I came in four years ago. And I, I've made some progress, but not nearly enough. Mm-hmm. Now, the new mayor, maybe he can uh, approach things different and have a different look on it than what I've had, you know. And maybe his skill in that way, he'll do all right. Mm-hmm. I wish him all the luck in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was a moment that you were satisfied during being mayor? Well, there's been several. Um, the The main um, thing that made me proud was uh, awarding of the national uh, the the neighborhood revitalization grant that we received. Now it'll it's all going to take part next year, you know. But I, it's going to start next year. It's going to start next year, and. Uh, so I was really happy about that to hear that phone call. I was excited. Um, that's seven hundred fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. It's going to be divided between the, the city park and the rec center, and you know a little bit of paving, not much. So I was ex- I'm really excited about that grant. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm I'm real glad that we was able to get a restroom in the park. Mm-hmm. You know. Village administrator had a lot to do with that. Uh, thinking ahead, years ago, he planted a septic tank in that park, that grassy area, mm-hmm. in anticipation maybe down the road of putting restrooms. And that was in 2008, maybe, or 2000. I'm not sure when the, I don't recall when the, the sewage system was put in, but because mm-hmm. I was on the road a lot traveling at the time with my job. but. Um, he anticipated that, and it come, you know, it worked. So we have a nice restroom down there. Is that part of the reason why it's located where it's located? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yep. All right. Anything else you want to speak about? About, about being satisfied with the project that completed, you started well, or completed, or both? Well, there's, there's some other things. Um, the... Um, we got a paving grant next year. We're going to pave eight streets, and that's going along. It's collaborating with other agencies, and we went with together with a, a township, a city, a couple villages. Working with the engineer, we come up where we could do eight streets here. And New Lexington is going to get some streets paved. Um, the township, I believe it's Harrison Township, and. Uh, there's another village, I can't recall right now which it is. Mm-hmm. But, you know, what happened with this is a collaboration between all those agencies and working with the county engineer that we got more points if we joined together. Mm-hmm. And when it comes for a grant for paving, points is everything. Mm-hmm. So by joining together, we all got some paving instead of, you know, one agency getting all the paving everyone gets a little paving. Mm-hmm. And the points brought it up to that level. Okay. What was, what was surprising about being mayor that you didn't expect before you were mayor? The time. 
time. You know, it takes, you know, it all depends what you put into it. Mm -hmm. You know, it takes a lot of time. Um, before I become mayor, I, was, I, I try to be here about every day, you know, four to six hours a day. Prior to me becoming mayor, the village administrator, you know, he would run the everyday operations of the village mm -hmm. because the two previous mayors worked. They had to make a living. They have their, you know, families and feed, and you mm -hmm. know, so it left a lot on his shoulders. But I think I took some of that burden off when I come in, and you know, it kind of helped him a little bit and slowed things down to where it's a little bit more manageable and not so hectic. Okay. So. Name some things you do. That may surprise the public. <laughs> well, um, I, I photograph. I like to take some photographs of different things. I photograph a little bit, and also uh, I don't photograph a little, what? Stay away for a minute. Well, uh, just buildings, um, outdoor shots, and things like that. Okay. You know, not personal photography, but um, just outdoors and things. I'm more of an outdoorsman. Mm -hmm. I like to fish, and a lot of people know that. And uh, of course, I've, I've been to Italy and, and at the architecture and things there. Um, and I take photographs for um, to uh, assist in teaching firefighting through Mideast Vocational School, the adult education. I teach firefighting there on the side. Mm -hmm. So I use those photographs for building construction mostly and pre-planning and, and, you know, safety, life safety issues that you see that, you know, that people may walk by, but I say, I'm going to get a picture of that because that's a life safety issue. Mm -hmm. Then you try to have it corrected. Uh, so the photographs, uh, I've been dabbling on a little bit lately with uh, stained, stained glass. I went to a class on stained glass and I made a Christmas ornament out of stained glass. It was interesting. Hmm. Beautiful little thing and uh, there's quite a bit into that. So I want to make me a nice big picture out of stained glass probably sometime next year. I'll work on that. Cool. But yeah, that's something different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so you do that and they surprise the public. Well, it may surprise, I don't know what would surprise the public that I do. Uh, I knew you've been in public service for a while, so it yeah. may be difficult. Yeah, I was 40, 44 years in the fire service, mm -hmm. the fire department. You know? So you were normal, is what we're trying to uncover. <laughs> yeah. normal. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know you yeah. were here four to six hours a day, that was surprising. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know. Yeah, I try to make it in here. Yeah, even today, I didn't have to come in today. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't have to come in yesterday and everything. But you know, that's okay. You know, that do people you know, like to me. And when, not, you, when you when you come in, is there do you check out your your time? How do you check in, check out? Is there do you just come and go? No, I normally <coughs> let the administrative secretary know when I'm going to be here and come mm -hmm. in and. When I leave, if I'm not going to be back, what meetings I'm at, mm -hmm. things like that. So. Okay. <laughs> what was a difficult decision, and how did you deal with making it? You slightly answered part of that earlier when discussing with other organizations. Mm -hmm dealing with how you, how how they deal with problems and how you deal with problems. One, one, walk me through one of yours. Okay. One of the first uh, decisions, I've only broken one tie in the four years I've been mayor. And that was a tie on going to a one trash hauler in town. Okay. There are some things changed around and, and we worked seven months on it. Seven months council worked on getting this ordinance and I was in I was pushing for a one trash hauler. I'm still in favor of one trash hauler. But, you know, I want trash to be come and be picked up on the street, not on the alleys. 
and that's one reason I voted no against it, uh, because you look at our alleys, you know, we, and since, um, you know, that left a bad taste in council's mouth when I vetoed that after working so long on it. But you have to look at the end result. If we have our trash out on the street, we're going to save our alleys mm -hmm. and keep them. The alleys weren't, they only got one or two inches of pavement, and that's only good for, you know, regular traffic. Not, it's not set for these, uh, you know, these big trash trucks. So mm -hmm. we, to help... Um, the longevity of the alley. Yeah. What we done was reduce the trucks to a single axle, mm -hmm. the trash trucks to, down to a single axle. And that, you know, that helped, um, but still, it'd be best to have them trash picked up on the street, you know, where it's built for it, and most cities do that. Now, granted, there are some places in town, I think we talked five to seven alleys in town, over the whole town, that the trash trucks ha have to pick trash up there mm -hmm. for various reasons, you know. And I understand that. That's fine. But... Um, then they could probably do it all in one day. Yeah. Just saying. And they can use the larger trucks possibly. Mm. You know, if we put this out on the street. But um, I vetoed that and uh, and that that from that point on everything went downhill as far as, you know, it seemed like with the councils um, trying to listen to what I say, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, because they have, they was mad at me over that. So another thing was the amount of trash that they. Well, I wanted everybody to have a trash can. Mm -hmm. Okay. They said, well, if we have two trash cans, that's going to drive the cost up. If everyone has two trash cans, I understand that. Mm -hmm. That's common sense. But now they went to, you know, they can have up to ten trash bags sitting out on the on the on the alleys, you know, to be picked up. And what's going to happen? Look what we got. You got trash scattered everywhere because you have these uh, uh, feral cats and you have dogs running loose all over the place, mm -hmm. you know, and poses, and that's a whole different issue mm -hmm. that you have to deal with. So those two things uh, kind of upset me. Um, and it all goes how you want to beautify your town, how you want to make it look. Mm -hmm. You know, somebody drives into town you want to be able to say, well, this is a nice, nice, nice town, kept pretty clean and all, but you live here too, so you see what I see, mm -hmm. and, you know, I'm, I'm not pleased with all of it. But it is what it is, and maybe the new mayor, God bless him, can make a little bit more progress. Hopefully. I sure hope so. To give an example where you went over and beyond your normal duty. <clears throat> over and beyond my duty as a mayor. <clears throat> well, I've all, I went to a lot of meetings where I didn't have to go to meetings. Mm -hmm. Okay. <clears throat> I established some relationships with the health people in health uh, field. An example would be the Perry County Neighborhood Connection. Now those are a group of people that tries to improve the neighborhoods of every little village and city in, in the county. Mm -hmm. uh, do they have any voice? Well, as a group, I believe they do. And they bring up good ideas. They have good, um, uh, good speakers. And stimulating some of the things that could be done to help the less fortunate, you know, and things like that, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, the other, there's another group, uh, it's it's all health health related. Um, it's a, the uh, Perry County Health Coalition. And you have the all the health agencies in the county and outside the county. They come from... Uh, Genesis and Zanesville, they here in Perry County, and also from Lancaster and Fairfield, and, that, and all the the uh, the assisted living houses. They all meet once a month, mm -hmm. 
okay? And uh, I don't have to go to that meeting, but you want to stay on touch with what's happened because I'm not getting any younger. Mm -hmm. And the medium age for people in Crooksville, you know, it's got to be getting up there. We'll find out with the census yeah. coming up, which... I think the uh, latest one was like 44 or something, mm -hmm. 2010. Yeah. So uh, I look for that to go uh, up higher, you mm -hmm. know, probably closer to 50. Um, if I could um, touch just a minute about the census coming up, very important for our village. Um, every person not counted, the city loses, according to the statistics that the uh, Census Bureau gave me for Perry County, we lose $1,800 in funding for every person not counted. That's man, woman, and child, you know. Per year? Every year, every per year. person, per year, 1,800. So an example is in 2010, Crooksville had 20.2% of the people did not fill out the census, 202 so if you take, uh, say, roughly 2,548 people, I think what this census said we had back there, 2,500 people. Mm -hmm. Okay, and take 20% of that, okay, then multiply that by 1,800, mm -hmm. and multiply that, and that's every year for 10 years, so you lose over a million dollars in 10 years for funding, and that covers not only the pavement in the streets, it's safety services, it's um, uh, the school systems, mm -hmm. uh, feeding, you know, the WIC, um, and all the, there's like 10, 10 government programs or more that uh, rely on this census data to distribute the funds. And if you don't have a complete count, mm -hmm. then the village loses money. And, you know, we need every grant dollar we can get because it's so competitive today. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing, you know, joining in these coalitions and combining and, and going in with someone else, you have a better power, better strength, better opportunity mm -hmm. to uh, get the grant. Mm -hmm. So I had to get that in there um, because the <clears throat> census is important for our valleys for the next 10 years. What was your greatest failure and how did you handle it? Well, um, greatest failure? I don't think you can say a failure is great, you know. Yeah, mm -hmm. you, you know, you hate to fail on anything. Um, I think in property maintenance is probably my biggest failure. Not getting enough done, you know. And there's a lot involved in uh, in real estate uh, in property ownership being transferred and we have a more migrant community now people move all the time mm -hmm. you know and it's hard to keep up with ownership and some of that and one of the things we need to do and hopefully it'll be accomplished next year because we've already discussed it several times and that's with vacant property registration. Now what is that going to do for the village? It's going to give us a handle on every vacant property because you have to register your property, you know, if it's vacant. And then we'll be able to keep better control and have the information on who that property owner is and if any property transferred, that will be updated so we can, you know, instead of searching for who owns it, you know. Now, how does that benefit <clears throat> the village? How does it benefit me as a neighbor to have those vacant properties registered? Well, it helps with the property maintenance um, of those properties that's vacant. Mm -hmm. Vacant, you know. It's going to give us uh, a... Um, a quicker response to that property if something arises. For instance, someone moves out and leaves all their trash there. Mm -hmm. Or someone passes away and their house is cleaned out. 
you know, and there's a tricep in there. Mm-hmm. And these things just happen. And they happen. They're going to happen. But, you know, how you want to make it take care of so the animals don't get in there and then have it, you know, scattered everywhere. Now, some of the things I've heard about uh, the problems with vacant properties is uh, some companies, banking institutions or insurance institutions mm-hmm. may be out of state. And so when the grass gets uh, at a difficult level to deal with or taxes, um, would would having a registered property that be dealt with easier? Or how does that work? I think the response would be a lot quicker and it would be easier to make sure that, that the contact is made as soon as possible as the complaints register to get that property owner to get that property taken care of, mm-hmm. if it's mowing or not. If we had to do the mowing, then we add it on to the property taxes. Why can't you just go to the uh, county auditor and find out who owns the property? Well, that is part of the process. We can do that, mm-hmm. okay? But their system doesn't keep up as quick as we would here. Um, and I don't know where that, where the void is that mm-hmm. slows that down. Uh, but I have looked at some of these properties and I said, well, I know this person doesn't own the property because I got a letter from the recorder that says this property uh, is now property in the state of Ohio, but it's listed on the auditor's website as uh, owned by a certain individual. Mm-hmm. Just an example. So there's a lack here somewhere where we'll have a quicker response here on the vacant property registration, mm-hmm. be able to do something a little bit quicker and jump the hurdles, you know, that and get through some of that red tape. As I said earlier in this interview, things go slow in government, you know, and it just drives you nuts mm-hmm. if you keep getting complaints after complaints after complaints. And I have them all on my computer, all the property maintenance issues for the last three, four years now. So uh, just to keep an eye up on where we may be lacking in services to our community mm-hmm. you know and uh so we'll see we'll see what happens uh, my plan is still to uh attend council meetings and try to stay in touch with what's going on around town and offer some suggestions if they'll be accepted or not but uh, at least maybe they'll be documented on uh, the council minutes so mm-hmm. I'm not giving up. This is my town. I live here, and I'm going to die here. Mm-hmm. You know, and I want to make it better place for the next person coming into town. Right. All right. Style questioning will change slightly here. Okay. <clears throat> what is it like working with Tom Collins? Well. Uh, we have two different philosophies, him and I, and uh, it's been challenging. He'll tell you the same thing, you know. Uh, he's been here longer than I have, and he, he's he's known. Uh, he knows the in and outs of some of the things that we uh, discuss. Some of them better than I. Uh, we don't always see. We're not always on the same page, but we try to work through it, mm-hmm. you know. And sometimes uh, you succeed and sometimes you don't. And that goes on both sides. He'll tell you the same thing, you know. I'm sure he would. <laughs> but yeah, it's a challenge. Uh, <clears throat> what is it like to work with Rodney Walters, Chief of Police? Well, Rodney is, uh, Rodney is Rodney. I've always said that, uh, anyone that knows him. Uh, he's a, a different type of person that uh, I, have, I have trouble communicating with, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, I, want, I want results, and his way to get to the end result is a lot different than my way. And uh, I struggle with that, and struggle with Rodney, and Rodney struggle with me, mm-hmm. you know. What is it like to work with council as mayor? Well, 
one of the biggest, I'll just put it this way, I have a big disappointment that I had with this council is, you know, they took it personally over, in my opinion, they took it personally over this trash hauling, one trash hauler when I vetoed that bill and it died, the ordinance. And uh, they stayed, most of them stayed angry and upset over that for four years. Now they won't, don't show that outright, but it showed in trying to get response back from them when I asked them for participation in certain things. Mm-hmm. You know, would they uh, assist or something? Um, one thing that I would like to see this council do the next year is come up with a solid uh, plan for uh, the economic development of the village. Um, so down the road in another 10 years when the people are migrating more this way from Columbus, we're prepared you know, for those people. And you know, uh, better facilities for the elderly um, that's on fixed incomes uh, make it our town a nice, I like a nice retirement community. Where, you know, Prairie County, it's, it's not expensive to live in Prairie County. So you want to make it as nice and comfortable as possible, you know, while keeping that expense down for those people that want to retire here. Mm-hmm. How did you learn of the condition of the Main Street Bridge and what was some of your decision making? Okay, the Main Street Bridge, um, our bridges are, uh, I sign a a contract with ODOT every year to do our bridge inspections. Um, Then they give us a report. Uh, The Main Street Bridge was um, outlived its life and uh, ODOT with the county engineer headed up that project and we had virtually very little say in how that bridge was constructed or you know our biggest uh, the village's biggest problem with the bridge was um, getting the traffic shut down make sure the railroads knows what's going on and rerouting traffic around and while that all happened for the time it took to replace the bridge our industrial drive bridge was deteriorating also. Now it's due to be replaced uh, in 2021. Okay, so we can look forward to a new bridge there. So we'll have new bridges that hopefully will last another 80 to 100 years. But that, the Main Street Bridge, uh, you know, they, uh, ODOT and the county handle most of that. We didn't have hardly any say at all in that. The construction, the design, nothing. We had no say in that. That was done by ODOT and the engineer because they funded it. That was my next question. Yeah. Uh, was there any money out of Kirksville that went toward that bridge? If there was, I can't recall much. So it wasn't much at all if there was any. Okay. I'm going to say probably less than 10000 if that much. I don't... There was... Um, um, there was a right-of-way we had to pay that, uh, the, at the time we had we paid the railroad to have a, a, our water line run underneath the railroad but we since changed that so uh, we, we saved that <coughs> money in that respect but we moved it down so the water line doesn't go across the bridge now mm-hmm. you know it goes under the the creek and comes up at, down on this side of town, that side of town. So we have a loop. Mm-hmm. So the town's never going to be without a water source. So if one avenue gets cut, we can reroute the water or get rerouted through the other other avenue, and you know, uh, eliminating any dead ends where you know half the town's out of water. Right. That should never happen anymore. Okay. How do you have? How do you handle having to decide partial town or full town evacuations when it comes to gas leaks? Who do you consult or do you? 
Okay, the, uh, the fire department and emergency management have a uh, all hazards plan. They, they have to update every year based on that plan and the size of the leak, a lot is involved in it, you know. Uh, but once you determine it becomes a certain type of a hazard or a certain right. size of a hazard, okay. right? what happens? Okay, there's a, a pamphlet called the Emergency Response Guide, ERG, the safety services call it. It's in every fire truck, every squad, every police car should have one. You know, dispatch center has them. And in that emergency response guidebook, it has these isolation tables that says, you know, if this is what you have leaking, this is the minimum distance you have to uh, secure. secure initially. Then if the wind changes direction or something, mm -hmm. now that changes the whole thing. And that's what happened here with the, the leak in Crooksville that we had here over on was it Mill Street when that happened. That was a chaotic thing. We had to shut down our major manufacturer, but they was right by the gas leak and it could have exploded. You know. Mm -hmm. So it's all about life safety. You have to remember life safety is the number one priority. So that said, we you know, we'd rather be safe than sorry mm -hmm. and evacuate enough. And that was handled pretty good. Pretty good. Do you have any idea how many evacuations there were during your mayorship? Uh that's an off-the-cuff question. Yeah, I know. I'm thinking uh, the one at Mill Street, and then we had probably three or four at least. Huh? Uh, we uh, had a we had a couple up here on Watt Hill mm -hmm. where uh, an old gas line was leaking. I've been evacuated twice from my home. So, okay, that I knew of. Once we had to go to, to the school and stay there while mm -hmm. Red Cross showed. The other time we went out of town for a few hours. Mm -hmm. So as <coughs> those both those gas leaks that you were evacuated. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in the meantime, um, the Columbia Gas has upgraded their lines. The one that we had all the leaks on north of town, you know, it's been uh, replaced. Uh, and that was due to uh, a lot of uh, uh, backing of the public. And, you know, council did back on that one too. We pushed our back and got that done. Um, so. June the 9th, <coughs> 2017, the Spranker property. Mm -hmm. What were the top contributing issues that led to your decision to tear down the property? <coughs> we had, when I was, the first there was a, they thought it was an explosion. Uh, you know, it's a partial collapse of the part of the building. When we say they, can you specify? The fire department thought it was an explosion, but it wasn't. It was a a failure of the structure, okay, and it collapsed the first floor of that the two-story building toward closest to the railroad tracks, collapsed into the basement, caught the building, you know, and separated the, that up above porch was separated and some other issues are there, and we had a little gas leak that got shut off. But uh, so when I got word of that, I called the. Mid-Ohio Building Department told them of the problem and I asked them if they had a structural engineer that could come down and look for that because we had the street closed and the railroad shut down. And they said yep. So they sent a structural engineer down and looked at it and his determination the Mid-Ohio Building Department along with that structural engineer which they brought with them um, said the building either has to be stabilized or taken down. Now can I pause there for a minute? Yep. If no one was living there and the business would shut down, would that still be the same de decision? Mm-hmm. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Regardless of anyone's living there or business or not, it, it had to come down. There is, there was an, uh, an exception to that. And that was the um, if the owners of the property could come up with another structural engineer to come down and look and give his plan on how they wanted to do it and, and so Mid-Ohio building structural engineer would agree with what their structural engineer would say mm -hmm. 
Mexico. And they said they had no insurance and they have no money. So as mayor, I have a decision to make. Do I keep the main street closed and a railroad closed? Because we didn't know where the building was going to fall onto the railroad or fall onto the main street. Because mm-hmm. the way it was cocked and tilted from that failure, structural failure. So the only other thing to do, when they didn't come up with anything, they said they had no money and can't afford it, no insurance, can't afford an engineer. I said, well, you talk about it, let me know. And I went back with them and said, you know, we can't do anything. I said, then the building has to come down. And the building come down. Now, the whole surprising factor of this building come down. They couldn't afford an engineer. Right. They had no insurance. Right. So the... Um, um, the building department uh, suggested to get a contractor to take the building down, which we did. And um, I was going to say, it ended up being hazardous because it had asbestos shingles. Mm-hmm. And so that was the biggest pain in the butt hmm. because it sat there for two years and a lot of legal issues. Um, know happen mm-hmm. and uh, finally um, this this year we removed all the hazardous material and we paid to have that moved mm-hmm. um, so it was around forty five thousand dollars in that neighborhood to have that cleaned up and that's just removing the hazard hazardous materials it's still sitting there empty but the plans are to when the new fire station starts being built, they'll take some of that dirt and put in there. Okay. Or whatever the new mayor decides how he wants to fill it in, you know. This, but it, it's going to happen. Uh, the city did buy, end up buying the property, and that's the saddest part, you know. Uh, we could have used that forty-five thousand to buy new christmas ornaments up through main street a lot of people that's a complaint i got mm-hmm. how come we don't have any decorations one of the 30 years old what we have mm-hmm. you know and they they look so bad you want to put up something that looks like crap right you know i don't whose decision is it to get newer updated christmas well the council make that council. decision after the first of the year you know mm-hmm. they're going to do it but it's just the timing was on all this reason why i ask is i don't i don't like that excuse it's 30 years old mm-hmm. it's just yeah. get new get new stuff you know me yeah right so I'm with you yeah all right another slight turn on questions okay <clears throat> this is your opinion do you think cops should have body cameras I'm gonna say no mm-hmm. for the simple reason is um, and and I've been to three or four different classes about the body cameras. There's pros and cons, you know, on both sides of the fence. Mm-hmm. The problem I have with it myself is you have to maintain all that footage that's taken on that camera mm-hmm. so the public can request it at any time and you have to produce that. So you're going to do that in the cloud you and then how you request it and how much you're going to have somebody to pay for it, who's going to be responsible for, you know, mm-hmm. maintaining that, you know. And some of us, if there's an investigation going on, it's confidential, you know, mm-hmm. and it won't be released. So there's a lot of legal issues there for that. And so I'm not, I'm not, now the new mayor may be in favor of body cameras, but mm-hmm. I'm not because of the, of you know, the accountability for that and, you know, to, uh, to nail down your decision, is it more like cost and complication, or is it more about it's a, it's as complicated with the technology, or, or is it a matter of both, or is it something else I'm not talking about? Um, I think it's just who who are we going to put in charge of it and how we're going to handle it. The technology's there, mm-hmm. 
-hmm. it's coming down the road. I mean, you know, all the cars have backup cameras in them, you know, things like that. But um, I don't know. That's, you know, it's a hard, it's something you have to look at pretty hard. But yeah. I was never in favor of it because, you know, have to, what you have to maintain and how long you have to keep it. And, mm -hmm. you know, you have some of this stuff now you have to keep forever. Mm -hmm. And that's expensive. I mean, we got archives down there, downstairs. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, it's expensive to keep that stuff and keep it updated mm -hmm. of where everything's located. And so, but that's what they, they require. To have some, if I'm going to argue that side of it, for example, my argument would be it's both complicated and costly. The reason why a small village may not be able to do body cameras for police officers it's just a matter of what you're saying is record keeping mm -hmm. and we don't have a record to department in a village this small right is that accurate yeah that's pretty close but you know uh there's grants out there to get this cameras. Mm -hmm. you know i mean we could have them because i don't but i'm not i just wasn't in favor of it mm -hmm. now if chief walters wants to approach the new uh, the new mayor and council absolutely mm -hmm. they decide to do that that's you know but i i didn't mm -hmm. because of the problems I see down the road with, you know, how are we going to, you know, archive it, who's going to maintain it, who's going to gather the data, and how much we're going to charge, mm -hmm. and then someone's got to say, well, this is still ongoing investigation, we can't release this. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of things legally involved in this with these uh, cameras. Mm -hmm. I think I have a solution to that, but we'll talk about that every time. Sure. Uh, do you think that cops and other government personnel should be required to pass randomized drug tests? Yes. There should be no village employee, you know, uh, exempt from it. No, no one. None of our employees, you know, no elected officials even, mm -hmm. you know. I mean, that's just the way I feel. <clears throat> but uh, that has to be passed through the city council, you know, mm -hmm. and... Uh, and that would include themselves, would it not? Well, if it was me, yes, but if it was them, probably not. It'd just be regular employees, not elected officials. But, you know, our, our full-time and part-time employees, yes, random drug testing should be uh, handled, should be done. And that that's costly, too, so... Mm -hmm. What has been completed during <clears throat> your time in office that was started prior to you being mayor? Well, the water project, <clears throat> you know, that was prior to me, you know, the water line project. There was a lot of design and, and things happened there, um, you know, uh, years ago that uh, we, we got that done. That's probably the biggest thing. What things are now completed that were started after you became in office? Well, like I said earlier, we didn't have a lot to do with it. We got the Main Street Bridge done. Mm -hmm. um, so the Sprague property got cleaned up pretty much, uh, other than filling it in. We got the restroom in the park. Mm -hmm. um, we got a new police cruiser, a couple of them over the four years. Um, we've hired two, two more police officers, so we have four full-time police officers now. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but uh, one just left us, so uh, we'll be, we're down to three, so we'll be hiring another one right after the first year. It'll be accepting applications, I'm sure. Um, the uh, drug dog is another thing that's uh, upcoming, and uh, so uh, that's that's going to be a challenge, something new, mm -hmm. you know, that we have to deal with. And were you part of that decision making when it comes to having a drug dog? No, council made the decision. Yeah. But there again, it's like everything else. There's pros and cons to that. There's a lot of expense to it. Insurance you know, and uh, training involved, you know, 
and there's specialized training for the handler and the dog. Mm -hmm. So there's liability there. So, you yeah. know. Isn't it the case that the, the uh, dog only has one commander kind of a thing? Is that mm -hmm. how that works? Right. <coughs> That's what I heard. Right. It, it'll be that way. Uh, the, the, from what I understand, as long as that dog lives, they would only have the one, after it's trained, have the one person mm -hmm. watches over it. What self-improvement came from being there? Uh, Home, around family, friends, etc. Self-improvement. I don't get excited as much as I used to. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I you know, uh, kind of let things kind of soak in a little bit before, you know, jump in there. But it's probably not something you expected in yeah. the late sixties. Yeah. No, not at all. So, any advice for the next mayor? Well, yes, I do. You and know. future mayors as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You have to be. Uh, um, you have to make connections with your resources. Make those connections and stay connected with things around the county and the state and the federal government with our leg legislators. You got to stay connected. Mm -hmm. um, you got to, to um, communicate with those people. All right and collaborate with them, you know, as a group. There's better strength in numbers. We all heard that. Well, that's pretty much what government's kind of like anymore. You know, if you get all to get together, there's strength there, and you can move forward, you know, but we try to keep everybody on the same page. But uh, the last piece of advice, you got to have a plan. Mm -hmm. Just not a one-year plan or a five-year plan. You need a 10-year plan. Mm -hmm. So you can see, engage where you're going, where our city and villages are moving, you know. Um, the lack of a, a good plan is either the life or the death of the village. Mm -hmm. You have to have a good plan. That's good, that's good advice. <clears throat> Any questions for me? Yeah. I hope you, are you going to continue to visit and put things on uh, on the internet like you have been? As far as uh, I'm capable Video of doing so, yeah. Okay. Uh, it's something I enjoy personally, yeah. and I take great pride in, and I have a lot of money wrapped into what I do, so it's nothing I'm gonna walk away from easily. Uh, so I plan to continue doing that, yeah. But I appreciate what you do. I mean, I wanna make this it helps get the word, to. helps get the word out, yeah. you know. And uh, I think that uh, <coughs> I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, coming back. I'll, my plan currently is to run for city council in two years mm -hmm. and run for the mayor again in four years. So if I live that long, stay healthy. Mm -hmm. That's some health, health issues, but, you know, if I get this off, but I love my food. It's a plan. That's what I hear. <laughs> it's a plan. Yeah. Yeah. Any questions for the public that you want to seed in their minds? Yes. Be active in the community. You have a complaint, don't just go to Facebook or social media and bitch. Put it in writing. Call in. Come to council meetings. We only have a handful of people come to council meetings out of a town of 2,500. You know, we want to make sure that you are involved. You know, and the easiest way is to come into council. Mm -hmm. And now it's not easy for everyone, but there's also, and there are councilmen, you know, your councilman you've elected, contact them. Tell them, you know, uh, you know, what your problem is or what the issue is and what you want done. What's the future of this town depends on you and you as to what happens. Mm-hmm. And I hope I can make it better. And if you can do it. You guys can do it. <laughs> I had to tee that one up for you. Yeah. You kind of already answered this one here, but I'll ask you again. 
What should the public do that they don't do enough of? Can you be more specific? Yeah. When you I, say they, word we need, active, be more active. We, that we need more uh, involvement in uh, what goes on in town. You know, uh, it used to be there was a um, um, a local uh, chamber of commerce, a local business association. We don't have that anymore. You know, mm-hmm. we don't have that. Uh, you know. We're a strong community of faith. We have a good ministerial association in town. You know, all the churches, you know, they, they we're doing good, mm-hmm. you know. But we need the other, um, we need community input. We need community input. That's the main thing. What does the mayor do for fun hobbies? Fishing probably my big, biggest right, relaxation. I like to fish, get out there and just take my mind off everything. Closing thoughts? Anything you want to say to anyone? Yep. I'd like to say thank you for your support in these four years that everyone's given me. And uh, I hope uh, our village continues to move forward but we have to have a plan, you know. Ask for the plan. Ask your local elected officials, where's our plan at? Show me it in writing where the plan is. You don't want to be shooting off off the hip. You know, anything comes up. We want to be uh, proactive, not reactive. Mm-hmm. You know, we find ourselves still in that reactive position. You know, I want to be a more more proactive and that's to do that through a plan you know that's either a one-year plan a five-year plan 10-year plan 20-year plan just have it down mm-hmm. so you can keep it in front of you where are we going what's our hurdles how are we going to get the money to do this do that you know. thank you mayor thank you i appreciate it i hope the coffee is all right coffee's good <laughs> it was good